Parental Advisory. Great. Mistakes. Do an introduction. I'm going to do a post-introduction, a post-episode introduction. A post-episode introduction to pre-introduce the discussion. I think that makes sense. Yet again, I forgot to record in multi-track. I didn't think about it till after, which was not helpful in the slightest. I wasn't able to go back through and level out Chris's voice with my voice because it was all in one track. Good job, Cole. I was planning on interviewing somebody else. Now I feel like it's a must just to prove to myself that I can do it once. Secondly, I have two microphones. One of them is new that I don't use. It's so I have a sure I'm looking at it in a sure 7 MB SM7B that's what it is. It's the popular model for podcasts. Most of them that I watch if I catch a YouTube of it they're using this microphone. There's another couple This one, I think Michael Jackson song, Thriller Into, I know Joe Rogan uses it. He's the most famous podcaster, so that's why I mention it, if you were wondering. Like I said, people do sing into this microphone, so Sure came out with a second microphone just for podcasting. I, liking to spend less money went for the cheaper microphone for the second, the backup. I, also being a good host, I gave Chris the good microphone and I took the cheaper microphone. Last part of the story, I thought I had two headphones, but they require the fat jack. I only have the skinny jack on the other set. So... I wasn't able to give us both a set of headphones. Therefore, I kind of had everything set up with us. And then after that, we took the headphones off. Like I, I put them on and then he put them on. I didn't realize what my voice sounded like in the new microphone. And I also wasn't wearing the headphones to hear them. So sometimes I get... Like on this microphone, I've never had a problem with the pa 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 pa, and my s, the s sound is better on this microphone and then that microphone. If I had to do over, or maybe not if I had to do over, but if I ever decide to do a daily podcast with two people, I <laughs> I won't be getting the cheaper microphone for the second person. I do think it's fine. Um, If you are thinking about getting a podcast, doing a podcast, and you say, I'm looking at these two sure microphones, the one everybody's got, and then the new finagled one that's just for podcasting, well, here's your chance to hear the difference between the two. I effectively use the other one 
on the same settings that I use this one, it got a little bit too loud and it seems a little tinnier. It's all good. I guess that's all I have on my notes, so we'll get into the episode. This is the Chris Bowers interview. I did have one episode where in the middle of it, I was like the metal in the middle. Like I put it on the end because there's always a bunch of like random this. That's where the beginning of the podcast that like those are the little notes that I'm like leaving for myself. Like this one's the metal, the metal, the metal in the middle. And then it just leads to something. And then I'm doing this in the microphone and making fart noises and just having fun with it. And it's freaking stupid. So, all right, I'll probably leave a uh, a pause for a second so then I have a gap. And I know not to include that part. Right, <laughs> right. For this podcast, we have an actual in-person guest for the first time, the lovely, amazing, wonderful Mr. Christopher Bowers. Hi, Chris. Hey, Cole. And you came in for um, like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu match where you obviously won the gold medal. Yeah, yeah, I'm in town for the local uh, jiu-jitsu tournament and kind of, a, kind of a big deal in that circle. Oh, that's awesome. So then I came and picked you up um, after we thwarted a few robberies, several murders. Did- yeah, the, the, the B&B wasn't in the best area, so yeah. it's kind of part of picking me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I ha- this was supposed to be planned, and then... <laughs> Bowers gave me a text on Sunday, and then I realized, <laughs> "Hey, I'm here." <laughs> yeah, I could have, I could have given you, uh, you know, a little bit of warning in advance, but you know how it goes with uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah, just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna write something down to have questions. I actually had a little bit of an idea from when I had written some questions for the McCoy interview. Part of it, I think, for me, I'm really doing this for my kids. Right? Or, you know, your, your kids. They can listen to this. Remember that before you tell something grody. Um, <laughs> uh, they know you. They'll already know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's dead. <laughs> but, uh, um, I think that for them, they've heard stories about McCoy, Bowers, Cliff, Catalani, whoever. So I think it'd be cool for them to know. I think the question we always get asked when I was in, at least, even amongst ourselves a little bit, you know, why did you join the Navy? For me, I don't remember if I said it or not, but for me, I really didn't kind of know what I wanted to do with my life. When somebody asked my dad, what is your, what is your son doing? What's Cole doing? Oh, he, he works at the gas station part-time. That doesn't really have a great ring to it. Where you could say, oh, my son's in the Navy. Okay, like that, that seems pretty... That's a better way to try to figure out your life. For me, that was um, a decent amount of it. But yeah, what you do you have a story or anything? I guess, uh, I mean, a, a lot of us are kind of the same in that we didn't know what we were doing when, I mean, I joined at 17. I had, I had no clue. And uh, like even the process of 
of starting to apply for a college or pick one seemed like an insurmountable task almost. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like that's gonna be that's gonna be way too complicated. What can I do that's not gonna be a waste of my life, but also uh, simpler than another four years of school? Yeah, and uh, which uh, ending up as a nuke that kind of backfired a little. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, once I once I had the idea of military in my head, it all kind of lined up from there because I had at least three different relatives call and tell me you're joining the navy if you're joining the military at all. Yeah, uh, a lot of navy smart background. people. Yeah, a lot of navy <laughs> background in my family. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And then you went to nuke school, great mistakes, and then to the Nimitz. And you did your whole, because you re-enlisted. Yeah. That's why we were even on the ship together probably, yeah, right? Yeah, I fell for the uh, star re-enlistment trap. Yeah. So star re-enlistment, that's where for certain rates, I don't know if it's only strictly nukes or if it's others as well, but I do know it's for nukes. We can re-enlist what? Right when you get to the fleet, it's like you've been in two years around about, but that's all been school. It's been boot camp and school. You're in E4. Well, we start off as an E3. Then we get E4 in school. Then you go to the ship. You can re-enlist and become an E5. And they throw like tens of thousands of dollars at you, which seems like a whole lot of money when you're, uh, I guess for you, 19. <laughs> yeah. And somebody's like, hey, I'll pay you $40,000. And you're like, that sounds good. But I think the other real driver for the re-enlistment, and I'm right about everything, so just keep that in mind, is the, which wasn't a driver for me because I was married, was the BAH. You get an extra like $1,100 a month or that was when I first got to the ship. It was $1,100 versus not. So you can go get an apartment somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, so I, I had the advantage, maybe it's an advantage of flying out to the Gulf to meet my ship, to meet the Nimitz in the middle of deployment. Like, well, not the middle of the deployment. They had like three months left when I got there. Dude, that was the same I did. Yeah. So I had, so I had three months of sea time to understand how horrible of a place I would be living in if I stayed on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so when we got back, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be in San Diego and not go live out in San Diego and stay on this effing ship. Right, as opposed to staying on the on the ship. Even though everyone around you is like constantly screaming out the warning, don't star re-enlist. Don't do it. It's a trap. Like it's not like you walk into it blind. Almost like seventy percent of the people around you are telling you are are trying to warn you away, but what the hell do they know? <laughs> not a lot, I can tell you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Um, and then, so that was, what year was that when you re-enlisted? Um, see, that would have been 2003. Yeah, because you got out in, you got out on the same deployment I did, didn't you? Yeah, I think so. Oh, nine. Yeah. End end of oh, nine. Yeah, I was November, so I flew off the ship in October. Yeah, actually, I remember I was actually, I was, I was pretty upset that I didn't get to fly off at the same time as you. I remember trying to push for it. And, uh, turns out nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that was so ridiculous. That's spoiler alert. I'm going to tell my story of getting out of the Navy as the final episode. I think it's 
very fitting. And it might not be final because I've had this thought here recently since right around Sunday afternoon that maybe I should get with like Cliff and everybody and McCoy, like we could all do it in person. I was thinking that there might be like the series ends, but there might be a couple extra episodes of like right. catching up with people or something. I don't know. A reunion episode. Yeah. Some, something like that. So, but for the actual, as far as the stories go, the actual end is going to be me getting out of the Navy, which is one of the absolute best stories that I have in a shockingly horrible way. <laughs> um, yeah. Because nobody knows what they're doing, but yeah. And that's why. So 2003, but on that wasn't didn't you go to like Brazil and some crazy stuff? Uh, oh, you mean like immediately after getting out? No. Oh, you, okay. So that was yeah, that was early. That was early on. So because of right. uh, because of the timing of when I got to the ship, um, I still needed to qualify. Like throttleman was the next thing up, and we were going into a um, shutdown period. Yeah, shutdown period. So they sent uh, maybe thirty of us. Or so, uh, temporarily to the Reagan, which was which had just just finished its commissioning process, or uh, okay. whatever it is they they call it. I'm glad I forgot that word. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so many times I've been doing this where I've said to myself, "What is that?" I'm so happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, so they were moving from the shipyard in Norfolk to its new home port in San Diego, and to do that, um, I assume it's still the case they can't go through the canal, so they have to go all the way under South America and back up to uh, to San Diego. So we got to stop in. Um, Rio de Janeiro and uh, Valparaiso, Chile, and then again in Lima, Peru, which were, they were all amazing. They were all amazing port calls. I mean, I was 19 years old touring <laughs> touring South America. And uh, the thing was about being temporarily assigned to another ship is nobody on that ship cares that you're there, like at all. <laughs> they, 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 they were barely aware of our presence, except for we went down to try and like get some of our qualifications signed off. And they didn't give a shit about that either, because you're not going to be standing watch on their ship. So you'd go down there and be like, hey, I'm trying to qualify. And I'd be like, all right, give me your qual card. Fill out half of it without asking you anything. <laughs> and then you'd go back to playing poker or uh, Halo or whatever. <laughs> So it was the closest thing. This is I've, the I've, best qualification I, yeah, process ever. Did you have to get some boards? Shouldn't be saying any of this. <laughs> no, did you? No, didn't you, do any boards. Didn't do like, like. Did you? Did you have to go? I guess my question would be: Did you have to leave that ship officially qualified throttleman, or did you just get some checkouts and and then take your final board at the Nimitz? Um, the final boards, I think, were all done at the Nimitz. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, so they cared even less. It's on them to teach you. I'll just. <laughs> Yeah, they 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 did not care at all, and so we ended up with like with no no watch standing schedule, uh, no duty section, uh, nothing. Like it was it was the closest. I've still never been on like an actual cruise ship. This is the closest thing I've ever done <laughs> to an actual cruise. There was like so little work or actual qualification involved. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was pretty amazing. And then even in the port calls, again, no duty section. Like they barely kept track of where we were. Probably yeah, shouldn't be saying any of this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was great. Well, I that's what I would have done, 
if if somebody came up to me and they're like, "Hey, I'm on some other ship. I'm, I'm hey, I've I've been there. I've been trying to just qualify something. Yeah, I'll sign your card. Now get the fuck out of my face." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how most of it went. <laughs> I did that for people on our ship. <laughs> see so you did that and then i was trying to think well we didn't hang out i can't remember when we got to be liberty it was because on the 07 deployment if i recall correctly it was like back end sorry i'm getting a phone call nobody important i don't think maybe it is i'm out Time out acknowledged. Time in. I don't remember what we were talking about. Uh, we were trying to figure out when we started hanging out, I think. Yeah, that's right. I remember I was probably hanging out with McCoy. McCoy went to... Or, no, but Cliff was in 2 Plant 2. Somehow, but Cliff might have been too young, right? Because he hadn't got to the ship that long he hadn't been on the ship very long because he was in cliff was in evan's class then cliff got injured don't you remember he oh. he bought he bought like uh he bought a no it was that beautiful car that nissan nissan 370z or 300 what because they had first come out with not first come out but um and they had reissued it in some way or redone a body style he went and goes and buys this beautiful you know I don't know. I'm sure like a $30,000 amazing sports car <laughs> then drives it to go play basketball like from the dealership and breaks his leg and then he can't drive it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So he was out of commission for a year or something, came to the ship later. Um, but I was trying to remember why we were all going to be – it was – Cliff would have been because of Evan. They were friends from before. But I don't remember when, because on that deployment, I was throttleman. Tell Orse, but I think we had Orse in the middle. Okay. I mean, chances are I was SGs because that was like my permanent Orse duty. Yeah. I'm thinking it was Evan. (laughs) Evan is what makes sense because Evan was in one plant. And then he got um, out of plant job pretty quick. Then he was in two plant. You know, by 2007, I might have been RE. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's, a, it's all a little bit hazy. Yeah, for the life yeah. of me, I'm not sure why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Now, now get out of my house. <laughs> no, I... I think it might have been Evan having known y'all better. But because then they changed our watch duties, our watch section. And because you got to pick, you got to say, these are going to be my Liberty buddies. And then they would try to put you in the same group together. Right. And then we ended up being on the same, because of that, I think we were on the same Orse watch team for the 07, 08, and 09. I guess at that point, uh, the other two guys had left. Cliff and Evan. Because yeah. they didn't re-enlist, I guess. Sounds about right. 
I know Evan didn't because he stayed on the ship for like a year. <laughs> but he made E5 pretty quick. He got some good evals and stuff. Right. I didn't make it till the very end. No, yeah, for the life of me, I don't know why I would ever talk to you either. <laughs> but that was probably the beginning of us hanging out. But, and I, I don't know if I put it in one of the other stories or it was when we've been, we've talked more since this started in the last year. And I know for a fact I told you in person over the phone that when I first got to the ship, you had the rack across from me on the bottom. And it was in the Persian Gulf when I got there. The issue with the Persian Gulf, the seawater temperature is so hot. The whole ship is hot. What would normally be maybe cool because it's an air conditioning space like EOS, it was what like eighty five degrees. Uh, you, there, there, yeah, there were there were times where seawater temperature hit ninety five. I, I remember because I was again, you know, almost permanently standing <laughs> steam generator watch. Yeah. I, I could I could watch that inlet temperature just go up, and like, so yeah. Oh it was my god, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, so everything was hot, and when you have a bottom rack. Obviously, you're farthest away from the cold air that's blowing from the ceiling downward. To get just some airflow, you would actually sleep with your rat curtain open. And Chris would come in and had no idea who he was at all. And him, likewise, for me, he would throw it, you'd throw your shoes right next to my open curtain, right next to my rat. <laughs> With your smelly ass feet. And I would wake up thinking, what the hell is going on? Something smells horrendous. Like something smells like a bag of ass. Then I would look down and see the shoes. I'd be like, this, this motherfucker is coming in with these god dang shoes again. Then I would pick it up and throw it. <laughs> so, you know, I would, I'd move them over. I think it sometimes I kind of threw them. But, uh, and that was the reason I was adamant about having a top rack. Cause I said, I never want to be this close to somebody else's <laughs> shoes again. And when you were, and that was why there was a story about Brim. That was why it's like, my shoes go on top of this locker right by my face. Like nobody puts your shoes in my effing spot. Like yeah. that's what it is. And that all stemmed, uh, that was, that was you buddy. So you've got that. There you go. See, yeah. you, you learned. <laughs> i also we would work out we were workout buddies yeah and that was always cool for me everybody else was benching 300 pounds and like orsini was taking testosterone or something it's like of all the people in the world you do not want to take it was orsini that would be like a funny joke about how he's just crushing it and uh <laughs> you know yelling at everybody and whatever but he listened to Pink Floyd when he worked out, like some chill music, which didn't make sense to me. But then we would be in there just giggling. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to even focus on what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Making fun of the rest of the people also working out. Yeah, and just being idiots like, why are, you, why are you two schmucks here? Well, I don't know if you know this, but we're on the ship in the middle of the fucking ocean and there's nothing else to do, so we're working out. <laughs> I was thinking we had that at the end of that deployment when the tiger cruise happened and we came up with the sexercises. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> Vaguely. Yeah, it was. Um, we were talking about how and it might have been the 08 deployment. It's frustrating when the people come on and they're just fascinated with a wall. Like, I've lived on this bastard for six months. Like, get out of my way. Like, I'm ready to leave. <laughs> 
And you're just standing, staring at the wall. Isn't this cool? This says, you know, numbers and stuff. You're like, yeah, they all do. Pick a different one. Then we were trying to... The the other issue is that the food line, you remember that? Yes. The food line would be an hour and a half. You're like, what? So we didn't really appreciate necessarily the tigers at all times. To freak them out and to be silly, we thought it'd be hysterical to get like the... to to get the... Uh, um, the weight belt, you know, where you can p- put a chain and you put a plate on it and like do a squat with a very exaggerated like hip thrust. <laughs> well, what exercise is that? Oh, these are sex exercises. <laughs> We're going back home, boys. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a bunch of dumb stuff when we were working out. Definitely. I mean, really, when we weren't working out also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, and then there was a time that you, uh, the best wake up I ever had. The best wake up I ever had. And normally I woke up, I I realized at some point, six hours of sleep was bad for me. Five hours of sleep, wake up, be like, hey, let's go. What's happening? Let's get a, let's, let's get a good start on the day. Then I would sleep for six hours. I wake up like, who hit me with a hammer in the temple while I was sleeping? I felt miserable. Don't talk to me. I'm going to sleep for one extra minute and I'm not going to brush my teeth. Like that's how (laughs) awful I'll do that. I'll find time later. I just feel terrible. This is a terrible condition. I started, I started at some point if I saw, oh my gosh, I'm going to get six hours of sleep. I would watch half of a movie. I would, purposely get less sleep so I wouldn't feel terrible and most of the times when I woke up like the alarm goes off and you want to smash it and you're like you son of a bitch and one day as I said we were workout buddies one day I remember hearing this song and it was faint and at home I would put like the radio on and it would kind of gradually come in I thought am I at home What's this angel? What's this happening? You know, I just felt like, what? And then I look up and Chris has climbed on top of all the other racks. <laughs> and he, he's looking down at me from over the top, all ready to go in his workout gear, gear with a little rag in his hand, singing, what what song was that? I, I don't even, I don't even remember the name of this. It was some like serenade. It was definitely like a, <laughs> like a love song or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was ridiculous. I can, I can barely remember. Yeah. Uh, there, there were, there were, you, you were amongst a, a, a small number of selected individuals that I, that I would sing to for various reasons. Yeah. There was um, there was a mechanic uh, who I started singing to just because I, I, I didn't even know him very well when I started singing to him and 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 first of all understand that I I can't sing whatsoever I think you're pretty good <laughs> I, would, at singing. I would I would I would just sing anyways yeah, so yeah. this mechanic I just started singing him like random love songs because it like freak him out a little bit <laughs> and eventually eventually he started to think it was funny and 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 you know it became like a, a thing I would do and then there was another uh there was another electrician also um I don't know can I can I can I use his name 
if it's not a bad it, story, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. Uh, his name was uh, his name was Hughes, and uh, I I love Mike Hughes. Hughes. Yeah, Mike Hughes. Oh yeah, Mike Hughes. But I have a whole episode about <laughs> Mike Hughes up yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would so, have to. Yeah. So that same that same Mike Hughes. Uh, I would take any song. Can I just take a pause right here just yeah. to say, seriously, Mike, up yours. Yeah. Okay, up go, yours, ahead. Mike. go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is I'd take any song with you in the lyrics and replace the you with Hughes. <laughs> and, and sing that song to them, and and there's and there's of course hundreds. So you of would songs say like, and I I will always love Hughes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's probably literally one of the songs that I sang. I had um, Herrera, <laughs> and so Herrera got to the ship. He's a freaking master chief now. Oh my god! Yeah, dude was rock solid. Um, still not as good as me, but. <laughs> No, Herrera would come in, and I would do that song, Sarah. I'd be, Herrera, Herrera. <laughs> and the other one the other one was from um, the movie Beetlejuice. Mary loves that movie. and um, uh, But I, everybody knows the song about, like, stacking bananas. Um, Daylight come and me want to go home. Right. And so it's, it starts off like a O a O. Right. And so lay show would come in. I'd go lay show, lay show. And everybody in the work center would start singing his name. It's because yeah. we're all idiots. Yeah. Uh, and then of course there was, um, there was best. I don't know if you remember best. Yeah. I remember best. I, I, I literally could not walk past that guy without going, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 i think it was, i think those were probably the first words i said to him yeah and then nothing else yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then nothing else i know i, I was already. i was definitely I, I mean not not well known for it but one of my things was just not giving a shit about what i you know whether i knew someone or not well that was you that know, that like, was like with the <laughs> who was jake's uh, yeah jake's. that's what i was trying to say <laughs> that's why we're not gonna be friends <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's so matter of fact, like, too. look, this movie's the worst. Oh, I love this movie, and that's why we'll never be friends. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> Gosh, we were talking about singing, yep. and you had done some parodies, and I can't remember all of them, <laughs> okay. but I remember the one was from, from there was a Third Eye Blind song, Jumper. And wish you would step back from the ledge, my friend. Got a. I can't remember the words, but it's like that's the whole point of it. And then he's like, "All I remember as this song is about, hey, don't don't kill yourself." It. Um. It came into a, we should all kill ourselves. <laughs> that, that was the song, and I remember being on. They, I was on the roving watch just walking back and forth and back and forth for five hours, sweating like crazy. And part of the lyrics, I remember from the song, he says, everyone I know has a reason to say. And I don't remember what it goes after that, but the song that Chris had made had said, everyone I know has got a reason to say, I need to die today. 
<laughs> wow, I, that's I barely remember that one. And I, well, I remember it because it was like five hours of my life. I was saying <laughs> that one line, like singing that song. I wish I could remember the best of this because I feel like I should die. Like if somebody came and killed me right now, and then they asked me afterward, I'd be like, I was okay with it. <laughs> Man, I wonder if I, I wonder if that's in my notes somewhere because most of them I most of them I wrote down somewhere. I'll have to do some digging, but it's crazy. I'll I'll run into people that but you know uh you know now years later I'll, I'll run into people that remember bits and pieces of my songs and it'll be and i'll be like holy shit i barely remember that song myself like there are a few yeah. that stuck with me you i know, think no, you do, no matter, did you do no um, what. one to hey there delilah oh oh man the, I, I don't even know how far i can get into the hey there delilah song but yeah that's that's probably that one my have... all-time favorite um, that one didn't have anything to do with the ship. That was just, well, like one of my favorite things to do as far as parodies was like, take like a really sincere and emotional song and just make it, just make it to- completely twisted up. But if I could, if I can maintain the point of the original song and still have it just be like, like wrong and wrong and twisted, like yeah, that yeah. was the ultimate goal. So with Hey There Delilah, I wanted it to still be a love song. I just I wanted it to still be letters between, you know, like some 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 guy and some girl named Delilah. So I left most of the chorus alone. But when I was done with the song, instead of it being like this wholesome thing about, oh, I'm away in college and you're over here and we'll love each other forever. My my version ended up being between a a convict currently serving time in prison <laughs> and his stripper girlfriend on the outside. <laughs> and, and, and the lyrics, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think we'll go into the lyrics, but uh, yeah, it was pretty messed up. Yeah. It no. was still a love song. It was, pretty, yeah. it was between some pretty screwed up people. Yeah. No, yeah, I like I, it. I love doing that. Someone, uh, someone convinced me in Guam uh, I mean, we were all pretty, we were all pretty <laughs> hammered that night in Guam and, um, a huge percentage of us, of, of the division all ended up in one karaoke bar. No, that was, that was, that was the night where McCoy dragged that guy into our room <laughs> yeah. and I was like, who's, they left, uh, Wim Bob and Usher, I think come knock on the door it's time to go i look over some guy i've never seen in my life is in the bed (laughs) (laughs) yes i was staying in like a like a short-term apartment during that during that we had me and dave ganey and a couple others had all put in requests like oh such and such family member is going to meet us here so we're going to take leave the whole time and then you know that that quote unquote fell apart, and yeah, <laughs> the, the, you know, said family members obviously didn't really fly to Guam to meet us, but we still got to take leave through the port. Yeah, <laughs> and so and so we were in that little apartment, and we ended up like throwing parties there every night. But during that time, uh, we all ended up in a, in the karaoke bar, and someone was like, "You got to do your version of the song, man." And so I I sang my parody of "Hey There, Delilah" in front of this crowd of strangers <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a karaoke bar and uh i don't know how it actually went but in my mind i killed it yeah you know, everyone was yeah the know, lights everyone, the lights were blazing yeah. everybody was cheering <laughs> they carried you out yep. chanting yep. rudy <laughs> yep like my name is chris damn it my other one of my other favorite <laughs> i still tell this joke and story that i it's my favorite it has to do has to do with your rules of the sloth 
Oh, God. And there was one rule. So you came out with a top 10 list, David Letterman style <laughs> rules of the sloth. There were, it was a joke. Like it was, it was kind of a dumb joke. You know, it was just being silly. Yeah. But one of them made me laugh out loud, which was, I, and just to give you a feel for it, but I think this was the best one. I only needed for exercise. I only needed to do one sit up a day. When I get up in the morning, that's half. <laughs> and when I lay down, that's the other half. I think you said you got it from a comedian or something yeah, somewhere, yeah, so that, we can give was, credit. That, that was that was that was from another comedian, but I had to. I mean, it, it just is so natural to be part of the ways of the. Yeah, yeah. I had to fit it well, in shout there. out to whoever that guy is because that was freaking awesome. But there, there was stuff like never, never buy a food item whole that you could purchase and that you could pay extra for to get bite size. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of them had to do in this particular one and I think the story itself not that the list was bad I'm not denigrating the list I'm just saying the story itself outshines anything that anyone could have ever written on the list it is it's quite possible if you're going where I think you're going this is quite possibly my 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 proudest achievement of, of my <laughs> naval career I, I think I, I think I know where you're headed yeah so 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 is prints off People are asking him about it, whatever. He prints off, you know, three copies, whatever. Put puts some on the door to the lounge, throws some on a table. It it was really just, hey, people are asking me for this. I'll I'll put a couple up and around. And he showed me one both as he was doing something with it. And I thought, oh, okay, that's funny. Yeah, I, I, I've heard people, we stand around together doing whatever. I've heard people say, hey, what, what about your rules? Like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get you a copy or whatever. Some uptight prick walks in at some point. We, I, we have no idea. Sees it, is apparently offended. <laughs> and then it's, I, you might probably remember the details better than I do, but I remember being at quarters and they're like, whoever printed off the rules of the sloth, step forward and walk the plank. You know, they were like super pissed <laughs> off about it. It's like, this is a this is a dumb, silly joke. Like, we're just having fun. What are you talking about? And then, uh, I don't know, do you want me to keep going or do you want to take it? So uh, if you if you want to get into more details, I do remember more details on this. Um, it was one of the, one of the, I think it might have actually been Jake's got his hand on a copy and had taped it up in his rack. Okay. And sounds like him. And it like was, he's a funny guy. And it was someone fairly important that actually found it. Like there was an exo birthing inspection or something. There's like someone relatively high. Okay. Up. And at the at the end of the ways of the sloth, there was the toast of the sloth. Okay. And it was based off one of those toasts that's like, oh, um, I mean, I can't I can barely remember the original toast, but it's something like, Oh, if you have to do this thing, then do it this way. If you have to do this other thing, then do it this other way. And you know, it's like about turning good things bad. Yeah. And, Salute uh, and then you all slam yeah, your yeah, Jack Daniels yeah. or whatever. And so the toast of the sloth was like if you must do maintenance, then blaze your maintenance. <laughs> like if you must take logs, then blaze your logs too. And, and like so on and so forth. And this high up officer found it. And like, yeah. and, and that's when it escalated. That's, that's, that's how okay. it ended up as a, as a subject in training. Um, and yeah, you can, you can, you can continue from there. Cause I wasn't even at that training. I was on watch. I missed my moment of glory. Was that, was that what it was? Yeah. It was at a training. Okay. I just remember, 
them coming out and being like, this is real serious, guys. Somebody made it. And you're like, this is a top ten list. Like, what are you talking about, you joker? And then uh, they go on and on, like, deadly, deathly serious about it. On and on and on. I'm laughing. I'm trying not to laugh or am actually laughing. I don't remember. Nobody cares. So there was a funny dichotomy there as a joke. You're standing up like, guys, take this seriously. And everybody's like, ha. (laughs) So it didn't, it wasn't one that really worked well for them. You know, I don't remember. But as I recall, you heard about this oh, they're mad that we printed off three or there's one in Iraq. And they said, no matter what happens, let's not have this again. And you were like, okay, I'll just print off 150. (laughs) 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 And and that, uh, um, and that, do you remember what happened? There's, there was another training after that that was related. Okay, go ahead. Um, I I think it was in response to all the extra copies floating around. Like that eventually got around too, and uh, and this again happened while I was on watch. I got off watch, and and the first person I ran into was like, "Oh my God, Bowers! Like you're not gonna, you're never gonna believe like what just happened during training." Apparently, during training, one of the one of the chiefs got up with the ways of the sloth and was like, "Look, like just to make this disappear." I'm going to read this document <laughs> for everyone in the division. And they read the full ways of the sloth at the training. And what, when I heard that, I was just like, I, I won. I, I won. I wanted something. Like, this, is, this is incredible. Like I beat the whole chain of command. They were left with no option, but to read the document. Yeah. It's fantastic. I yeah. was I was super happy. I I I wish I'd been able to to witness the reading of the, <laughs> the, the the reading of the ways. Yeah. I wonder if we were on the same watch team because we were. I wonder if maybe that's why I missed it, but I wouldn't remember them reading, you know, I wouldn't remember that. Right. Um but I thought I thought at the end in some way that you had kind of had a back and forth with them and that they had like took you in the office and they were like we're not saying it's you, but we know that it's you. Yeah, that's, exactly, that's, that's exactly how it went down. They're like, they, they're like, they 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 brought me specifically in. Yeah. And they're like, hey, so we're let, telling you, yeah, let me let me doing this. Let me back up for a second and say, there's been a back and forth now. You're right. It's like shots fired. You're making fun of the ways of the sloth. I'm going to print off 150 copies, and then you know. We mustered every day. We had training every day, multiple times a day. They're trying to get to the bottom of this rules of the sloth, and that's when Chris printed off 150 copies, and then apparently they read it in training, and then Chris prints off more copies and more people. It had, like, a life of its own where people, like, like that probably weren't involved were, like, holding this up as their badge of honor. Like, the flag drops, and somebody, like, picks it up and runs and gets gunned down because it's the Civil War, and that's what you do, and somebody else runs, and viva of France and so this is this is like a week or something like it's going you know it lasts a, a bit of time and eventually they're like we're gonna we're we're doing a deep dive into who's doing this rules of the sloth and we're gonna get that son of a bitch and they are you're going on and you're like yeah okay whatever dude and then uh they at some point it was like we just need you to stop <laughs> like they kind of got like desperate <laughs> it went from like a position of authority like you're gonna rue the day that you heard the name Lancaster to like 
please, kind sir. <laughs> so then yeah. they're trying to find the, the culprit when, and then, yeah, that's when you can go and. F- yeah, yeah, no, they, they, they just brought me into the office and they're like, they're exactly like you said, like we, 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 we don't know for sure this is you, but whoever is doing this better stop doing this. And if you happen to know, <laughs> you yeah. tell them for us. Yeah. And, and at that point, they had already read it at the training, so I was like, "Yeah, that's that's reasonable." I was like, "I was like, I've, I've got what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I got what I came for." That's <laughs> so funny. I've definitely got a copy of that laying around somewhere. I'll have to I'll have to find it and get it to you for the uh, for a future episode or something. Yeah, um, I was trying to think what else did we do. I mean, there's just not a lot. I want to do like a day in the life episode. I think this goes into that a little bit where we got up, we went to watch, we worked out, did our thing. That was. That was the whole. That was it. Yeah, that was that was really that was really it. Uh, there was uh, there were times uh, we'd, we'd have a minute or two to play some Call of Duty or something up in thirty two or wherever. Yeah. No, that was cool. I remember that. That was that was. When did you go to thirty two? No, 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 no. You never went to. 32. No, I was in thirty two. Yeah. You went to forty. I finally went to forty. Yeah. Well, yeah. When did you go to Reactor Forty? <sighs> it wasn't. Is at most it was like the last year and a half on the ship. Okay, like it, it, it couldn't have been much longer than that. We did an appoint a deployment in '08. I th- I think it was after that. Uh, that sounds that sounds about right. Well, I'm just trying to remember. You had a an office. The Reactor Forty office was on the Fantail, which is the absolute butt end of the shit. Of the shit, God, of the ship. Well, it <laughs> is <works>. shit too. <laughs> <laughs> right at the back of the shit boat. <laughs> yeah, but and when they were like doing flight ops, you're not supposed to walk out there because it's distracting. Right, and it's also loud, very, very loud. I remember your office was back there and after watch sometimes, but I guess I was thinking it was probably on like the O nine deployment or something. We would. I would run into your office and hide from people and we'd play video games or whatever. It was a great place to hide. I actually had, it's hard to describe. There was almost a section of that office that was like a loft. It was like a little little storage area. You could climb up this ladder and you're like right up in like the the steam and water piping and stuff up there. And uh, at some point I... Uh, I hung a Brazilian hammock <laughs> from the from the pipes, and so that was like my secret sleeping area. <laughs> you know, like something, some random thing I didn't feel yeah. like doing. <laughs> and yeah. like run back to the forty office and like, all right, I'll be in the hammock. I've got work to do <laughs> <laughs> in my office. Uh, but then it ended up. I remember the last bit. You had some weird office somewhere else that was like. A small little rectangle. Because don't you remember we watched that eastbound and down yeah. down there? Yeah. What in the hell was that? I don't know if they moved your office or if it was just some place you had move have it. They access gave us, to. Yeah, they gave us uh, responsibility over some extra space. And I don't even remember what it was for. But I had like a little TV in there. and Yeah. Yeah, we said like nobody's going to find it. It's like nobody's going to find me. That last deployment was pretty sweet. I would hang out in the rim room. <laughs> Be like... Mel, I'm hanging out like Mel. Mel's the best, but 
we were good friends. I was the only person who what like, like you couldn't even be an ET and go into the rim room. Right. You had to be whatever it was called, you know, they were like senior watch and then they would let you in. And I was always afraid to go in there when we were qualifying and I was young. It's like, you'd knock on the door and like, what the fuck do you want? You know, <laughs> I remember being in there once with, uh, was it, was there a dude named Scott? Uh, yeah. An ET named Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know him that well. It's not like we hung out left and right or anything, but I remember being in the rim room I don't remember who I was with, probably like Orsini or Hoffman or something. And he's like, hey, man, can I line you out? And I said, what? And he said, can I line you out? So he wanted to give me like the, um, the I'm, I'm making the hand signal to Bowers because I don't, where they take your, yeah, they take this and then they like cut it. And then they like give you, and then he gave me these like sideburns that like started at my temple and then came down to like a point at the bottom of my ear. It's, it's a, you know, I don't know. It's like a Latin fashion statement or something. I, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah and is. so anyway, I walked around with <laughs> like this pasty white guy <laughs> with this like ridiculous sideburn things <laughs> and I'm like yeah. and all because he's like can I line you out and I'm like sure seriously I was like yeah we've got nothing to lose <laughs> <laughs> yeah other uh, other division spaces were like the ultimate place to go if you didn't want to be found yeah um, every once in a while I would go up to our was it RC32 which wasn't, I don't think it was even a real work center. It was just like two dudes in a storage space. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Up, it was on the port side and yeah, some goofy-ass yeah. thing. No, and you had to, like, walk through that one little room that had all the files. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. And then, yeah, and then and then you get in this little area, and then the, the people would go to smoke. But that was where I first started playing Call of Duty with, like, Hoffman and Van Lent um, and myself. I don't remember it. I don't remember the other person, but they were like, Hey, can you, you want to come play Call of Duty? He's like, I'll, I'll watch, but I can't play. They're like, no, we need a fourth. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was just Hoffman would just send me out. He'd be like, Hey, go run into that field. And as the other two guys just like blew me away, he could see where they were shooting from and come and take them. out. I was the decoy. I was the duck decoy just sitting nice. in the middle of the pond. I thought, I'm so sorry guys. No, don't worry about it. You're the fourth. Like you're, you're making it worth coming even though you're horrible. So yeah, no, that, but that was up there where the first couple of times we probably, it might've been Tom Davis. I don't know. It's cool. I moved. So I have a Texas phone number, but then I live in Indiana. Whenever I have a Texas phone number call, I know it's not the dentist office. Like you're a, you're trying to pull one over on me. I see. So don't change your phone number. I know you moved recently. Yeah. And then that way that every time you see some jerk off, you're like, I don't live there anymore. I'm not going to answer that phone call. I, I practice that. Uh, I practice that myself. Yeah. You're not calling about my car. It's not done. It's not ready. I'm trying to think. I want to do some port call episodes, but I wanted to reserve a specific story for you now that we're here because I think it's your favorite story of all time. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I mean, there are a couple directions you could go. Uh, I was thinking about in, in Singapore. 
Yeah, you're probably that's probably correct. So I don't know if you want to if you want to do the telling of said story. Well, go ahead and start out so that I know that you're which even, one because there were several times in Singapore. Singapore there's, there's, was there's awesome. Oh, I guess that's true. But then there was the one particular. Like, now, now I'm torn because I think there's two <laughs> stories. We might have to tell two. Right. But I didn't. I didn't. I was going to do a whole story, a podcast, of a, a, a whole episode of getting drunk stories. Then I thought maybe that might not be the best because <laughs> at some point you'll just be like, "Yeah, we already heard it, bro." But um, it's more of a record as opposed to um, whatever. Uh, I mean, so we could do the I, one I, you I, had in mind now, and then save the other story for your pork call episode. No, I think we can do them both. All right. <laughs> I'm having fun. Um. So. The f- there were two. There were two stories, and it might have been the same port call, but there were other Singapore stories that were awesome from other port calls. Singapore is awesome. I think you went there an extra time. I know you went there an extra time because yeah. that's how this story begins. Dun, dun, dun. Wait, <laughs> I'm going to press one. Let's see if it's any good. Okay. I think that was a... I think it was a rim shot. Okay. Well, there you go. That's the designation for the beginning of this story. <laughs> story engaged. I got to press. I was telling. I was telling Bowers. I have on this device. I have to record it. I have eight little push buttons. I think one time I tried to use them. I just forget about them. But they're all like one of them's canned laughter. No, that's not it. <laughs> that's actually fitting. Yeah, I pressed the. I pressed the wrong one and <laughs> gave myself that one. So this story. God, that was such Singapore. That that one time was so much fun. I just thought of another Singapore story. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's Singapore. I mean, Hong Kong is up there too. But but yeah. Singapore is if you if you if you pushed me to it, Singapore was probably my all time favorite port. Yeah, Singapore. We went and had. Um, I remember we went to Singapore. Before we checked into the hotel, maybe we got off early for some reason and we couldn't check in yet. To get, we decided to eat food and somebody's like, well, let's go to McDonald's. That's probably Evan because he's an ass. And then somebody somebody else was like, no, we're going to eat someplace local. And we walked around and we went and found basically a British pub they had, and we had just been eating nothing but ass. Singapore might have been the first. Like I said, it was heavy on the back end. with port, It was like pork call, pork call, pork call. Singapore might have been one of the beginnings where it's like, hey, we in the last 90 days we had one pork call. And then now we're at Singapore. And really? so it's like this. We went and it was the best food I've ever had in my life. It was like fish and chips, but I got some fried mushrooms. This is the best. I've since that eating that food right then with that cold beer and that battered cod or whatever the hell. And then those fried mushrooms. I thought I want to own a bar just because I want somebody to come in one day and not be feeling great. Like I wasn't for the last 90 freaking days. And then I'll, and then they'll eat it and they'll, they can feel as good as I feel right now. <laughs> right. I, I remember, I remember that specific meal. Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. I yeah, thought that I, would have no, been I, like the random stupidest thing. <laughs> no, I remember, I remember the fish and chips. 
And, yeah. and, and, and thinking it was weird that we're eating at a British pub in Singapore as our first choice. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was a great decision. Yeah. It was amazingly, de- am I crazy or was it just amazingly delicious? No, it was fantastic. It was really good. I remember leaving and walking on the sidewalk and like a, a bug flew in my mouth or something and I just like spit and then somebody's like, you know, they cane people for that here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and then. Oh, another Singapore story from the first trip there, just a little small little vignette. For whatever reason, we decided to go to Hooters. <laughs> and I was, yeah, they had these spicy jack wings that I liked. And I was like, sure, we'll go to Hooters. They didn't have spicy jack wings. I was always with McCoy on this complaining about the service. I don't want my drink to run out. Not I want it to run out. And then you come 40 minutes later and get me another one. And... I was like, these crazy, crazy people here, they can't even run our Hooters. They don't even have spicy jack wings. Like, what's this? The only thing I want, they don't have. Then I got back to America. It was like, Hooters got rid of all spicy jack wings. (laughs) I'm like, well, I take that one back. But the rest of it was shit. The lady, she ends up, I order a Budweiser. They have Heineken and Budweiser everywhere. And I don't like Heineken. This was probably, well, definitely before, like, the craft beer days. So I just, okay, I'll take a Budweiser. She comes, and in Singapore, it's all you know, $14 for whatever you're buying, which is you know, 9 or $10 in American money, something stupid like that. She's, for, for $9, she puts a single can of Budweiser on the table. And I laughed because I thought I could get six of these in bottles and have change. In America, right? This is kind of a ridiculous price. And she looks at me and she says, oh, did you want a glass? <laughs> I was like, that's not it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm fine with the can. And um, But uh, we had, now my, my thoughts are kind of going everywhere. I was thinking I was talking about, on the McCoy episode, I talked about how we had gotten into a big argument about how much money Tiger Woods made in the year. <laughs> and, and he was like, fuck you, Cole. And he went and like paid $30 to buy the internet one day so he could look up one thing, which was how much <laughs> Tiger Woods had. But we had, um, we had worked it out. There's a place in Singapore, not a joke, it's called the Four Floors of Horrors. People said, there's this place called the Four Floors of Horrors. And I said, okay. But I didn't really believe it. Right. Like I thought, I thought that you would call your friend. Uh, you know, you, we would change the name of a song to Herrera instead of Sarah. Like you have nicknames and and things that you say in your group. And I thought maybe this is just what these people called it—the four floors of horrors. Then we get our port brief, and they're like, "Don't go to Orange Street in the four floors of horrors." I was like, "What?" <laughs> Orange Street, I have no idea where that came from. but um, And I thought, okay, well, I'm really not interested in the four floors of horse, but it's that's apparently a thing. It's a real thing. To, to kick this story up a notch, I was in a... We were at a bar. I'm in the room where you can smoke because it's mostly non-smoking, but you can, like, open a door. They all had, like, a designated smoking area. I'm sitting in this room. We're having a cigarette. The guy next to me, uh, he's white, which there's quite a few white people in Singapore, yeah. but he was American. 
And I was like, oh, my God, an American. That's cool. Where are you from? He was from Boston, I think. How long have you been here? What do you do? Why are you here, basically, and not part of the ship? He ends up telling, I, I get to the point where I'm like, hey, is there anything fun to do around town? Like, what do you do? I'm thinking, do you, is there like a great museum? Do you know the name of a great local restaurant? He tells me, oh, you should go to the four floors of horse. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know, I didn't say it to him because I'm being polite, but I was like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks. You're not going to ask him any place else you got in mind. <laughs> so I said, okay, thanks. Then we're sitting there. 30 seconds goes by. Oh, hey. Yeah. Just look for an, ad look, look for an Adam's apple. What? <laughs> when you're in the four floors of horror, look for an Adam's apple. Oh, okay. Just remember, if it looks too good to be true, it just might be. <laughs> you, you, just, you just told me to go to the four floors of horrors, this is a real fun place to go. By the way, just don't fuck a dude on accident. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this is, I'm, I'm a hard pass. <laughs> like, I was a pass before. I'm the hardest pass you've ever seen. Now. Yeah. Four floors of horrors. So we had all set up to some of our friends were staying down there. And we were staying, where did we stay? Clark Key or? Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we're at, a, I think we're at the Omni in Clark Key. Yeah, Clark Key. So we're in Clark Key. They're downtown somewhere. We have to transit everywhere. Dave Ganey, do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Dave, Dave Ganey started doing a posing on the escalator. <laughs> yeah, the pose on. Yeah. So then we had like 10 of us. I don't know. There was a decent grip. <laughs> and we would go down and it's like going in the subway and I haven't been to New York, but I've been to Washington, D.C. I don't know if anybody else has been like it's the longest escalator you've ever seen. It's like a 200 foot. I, um, that's obviously too big, but it's this ridiculously long escalator. And as soon as you got onto the escalator, you would do like a, you know, <laughs> uh, a wrestling, you know, I can't think of the guy, a Hulk Hogan pose, you know, yeah. right arms back. You're, you know, maybe like you're throwing a javelin in some Greek statue or something and somebody else is, you know, GQing it. And we're all, uh, and I remember coming down an escalator and this lady was coming up and just started dying laughing because <laughs> we're all idiots. <laughs> one, one pose after another. Yeah. Yeah. Going, going There's 15 the of these guys. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're dedicated. You'd maintain that pose the whole way down the escalator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She laughed. I didn't break. I didn't break. <laughs> I did enjoy it when I hit the bottom. But we went over there. We met. I know it was, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, Tom Davis was one of the people I was excited to see because we went to, we found, we were in some pub in the bottom of somebody's hotel and maybe there was, like, Hoffman, I'm sure, and some other guys. Then we said, hey, we're staying up over in Clark Key, which Clark Key was really cool. It's kind of like a plus sign, just buildings. I don't even know if you can drive in between them. Can you? I don't remember there being cars. Yeah, so it's, but it's, you know, it's not like one restaurant and then another and then, you know, on each side of a plus. It's like 50 restaurants in each direction or something. It's yeah. a really big area. Well, Bowers had been there before. Right? And you're like, I remember this one spot. 
I remember this spot. It's so cool. It's right here. Do you remember what the name of it was? Okay. So this was actually, I had been to Singapore before. Right. But I yeah. hadn't been to this club yet. I would come, like, uh, as we were getting ready to come into port, I'd gone up to MWR or something like that and, you know, got on the internet and I was trying to look up, like, you know, where the better clubs were in Clark Key. Like, I knew Clark Key was a place to go, like, but, like, one right. of the hot spots in Clark Key. Yeah. And one of them that kept coming up in the search was this place called uh, the Gotham Penthouse. <laughs> yeah, which and, sounds uh, and, badass, and, and, and now right? I remember where we started. We, we started downtown, like you said. Um, it was a it was an Irish pub of some sort. Like I re I remember starting the night off with yes, like, with, with yes. car bomb races. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, and then we were trying to figure out what to do next, and uh, and I was like, well, and we were like, yeah, we're we're back in Clark Key, and I know this one place is supposed to be amazing, and so like, we tell everybody. Yeah, we're like we're at this pub, <laughs> and there's ten or fifteen. Uh, how there was five. It had to have been more than five because that's me, you, Ganey, McCoy, and Thompson. Yeah, there, so there's there there at least more than that because yeah. Ganey would have had a, a somebody to go that he was with too. There, there so was a good there was a good dozen plus because there yeah. were a lot of us at the Irish pub. Yeah, and so we're like, hey, our group of however many a dozen, we're gonna meet your group of a dozen over in Clark Key. We'll all go, you know, do whatever, have a great time. Bowers is like, I know the spot, the Gotham <laughs> Penthouse. That sounds that sounds good. Like Gotham Penthouse. Oh yeah. I'm I'm there. <laughs> right. So we all do our posing and everything, which I can't uh no, it would have to be in a movie. I read a book once, The Medium is the message. It's like, you know, every joke has its own best way to be delivered. If you saw it in a movie, like like we're laughing right now because we can <laughs> see it in our minds. Okay, you posed, whatever. No, it was good. So we go all the way back, had the, had the best time riding the mass transit. We walk into the lower level of the Gotham penthouse. We hit the elevator. We come up. There's like a little hall. And at the end of the hall, you're in a little lobby, like a vestibule. And at the end of the place, there's a TV, right? <laughs> yeah. And there's a TV. And then you have to take a right at the TV. And it's, it's still early yet. Yeah. So yeah. you can see, like, eventually there may be a bouncer there and something like that. But right now it's it's just empty. And as we're standing there in this hall and we know that we have to go that way and we all kind of pile out of the elevator, right there staring at us in the face is this dadgum TV screen that's that's got, like, four of the Backstreet Boys on it. Like, they're all wearing, like, white shirts. But, no, white pants and, like, no shirts and a fedora. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's like, Kevin, Sam, you know, it's like Peter. Yeah, a little mini, mini montage. Of yeah, and we're like, what is this? What, what did we get ourselves into? <laughs> like this, immediately, well, we kind of went up and peeked in. There was nobody there, but there were dudes on a stage, like, dancing. <laughs> and, that's, you know, it was Sam and Peter and whatever, Harry. So we're like, let's... Let's get out of here. Like we get down to the elevator, we come out, we run into, the, and now we're standing. We're like, okay, now we're supposed to meet these other guys here. <laughs> <laughs> and what we think might be a male strip club. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty, pretty certain of it at that point. <laughs> then we said, okay, well, 
what are we going to, what are we going to do? Do we hang out and wait? We, we, we hung out for a little bit and waited, but do we, do we just leave and maybe we'll run into them somewhere? Or do we continue to wait here for them? And I had this idea. It struck me like a, a lightning bolt. Go ahead. You look like you're going to say something. I, I, I feel like there is a, a, a missing part of the story before, okay. before your genius idea. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, I think we decided not to wait because right across the street was the F bar. Was it across the street? Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't far away. The F bar, yeah. the F bar was not far off. And, and there's the whole, I, I'm, I don't even know if it's coming up in, in an episode yet about the F channel and, and all of its ridiculousness. I think uh, I did all, all the international fashion networks. Yeah. And how everybody would like get off watch at one thirty, and then, <laughs> and then you'd all pile into the thing. Yeah. And so this was like their official bar. And I, I remember we went in there. Oh, I didn't like, realize that that was, I just thought it was. Yeah, no, it was the, like the official bar of the F channel. Is the F bar? I just thought it was the F bar because and, why not? And we went in and like literally took over a, a reserved booth. No, that wasn't the same night. That wasn't the same night. No, no. Are you sure? Positive. I uh, you you could absolutely be right. Uh, there was a lot of alcohol involved. Yeah. No, so that was a different night, which that was the other story that I thought that you were talking about. Well, I guess there could have been a third time because we went to that bar multiple times. But true. So for this particular story, we're all standing around what to do. We probably did walk somewhere else, though, and we're trying to all figure it out. And I wanted to hang out with these other guys. And I was like, oh, no, we also kind of did them dirty if we sent them to a <laughs> uh, male strip club. I was like, I, I gathered everybody around. I'm like, hey listen to this. This is going to be crazy, but just hear me out. We don't have to do it. And I'm not saying this for my own sake because I'm married, <laughs> but I'm going to be honest. I'm seeing an opportunity here. Who's at all of these other bars? The 5,000 people from our ship, which is like 90, 20 dudes. So there's like a couple thousand Dudes who look just like you at all these other bars. But they probably won't be at that bar. <laughs> and who's the people who are going to go to that bar? Girls. It's going to be nothing but girls. So if you go back to that bar, you will be the only dudes surrounded by girls. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm just saying. You can fight the whole world and try to get the one, or you can go where the fish are aplenty. <laughs> <laughs> and there was definitely, uh, F-bar or not, there were definitely shots in between when we left that place and the onset of your idea. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, we, all, I, we all immediately saw your logic. Yeah, <laughs> flawless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we walked in, and... Uh, <laughs> We walked in, and it happened to be that when those guys were dancing, they must, I think they came out like every hour and did a song. Yeah. It was not, I thought they were there on stage the whole time. Like, that wasn't it. We walked back in. It was still dead. Like, there was nobody there. It was dead. But the dudes weren't dancing. And somehow, I think it was that night, that's when Stuart 
Stewie was there. <laughs> yeah. Because do, do you remember we got into a dance off? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were we were all about the the basketball moves. <laughs> yeah. It was like the rave ball, and then you th- <laughs> like ooh you can it to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. So that was one of my like I got what I came for stories. Like I. I I had this stupid idea that was genius. And then it ended up that it wasn't a male strip bar or anything like that. And it ended, it ended up getting like super crowded at the end of the night. So we were there early and it was a good, ended up being a good place to go. Yeah. But the, the, your idea and, and, and the effect uh, and, and all of that was, it turned out to be, I mean, it, it got packed, but you were, you were right about the ratio being like way right. better than any other bar. Yeah. No, it was definitely. Yeah, it was a good spot to go for the other people. Right. Um, the other cool thing about that, and I don't know if it was that night. Again, we went to that place more than once just because then it had an allure. Right. You know, then it was like, <laughs> this is the place we went that one time when we were assholes. <laughs> but I remember one night we were looking at the price on everything. Normally there's 22 shots, I think, in a bottle. Something I knew at the time or somebody knew. It was something like that. And we're looking at the price of the booze. It's like, if we just buy a bottle, we're going to save like $50 or something ridiculous, <laughs> you know? And then, like, there's four of us. Like, we'll be, we're, we're probably, between the four of us, we're going to drink a bottle of vodka. And then Cliff had all that money from winning poker. <laughs> and somehow it was like you and Cliff, I think. But that's the only time I ever had bottle service. Somebody got a bottle of Bel- Belvedere. Somebody got a bottle of something else in between the two yeah. of us. And then and then they were like, and then I'm walking around with like Belvedere and then like a whole thing of tropical orange juice in a plastic <laughs> jug. <laughs> what I need is a glass. Um, yeah, but we hung out there, had bottle service. That was cool. And that was one of the, that, the story that was the beginning of Evan's story where he, which we talked about earlier in Guam when he like saved, rescued the guy from, (laughs) from pass out in the floor in Guam. The first part of that happened here when he left a little bit early, but I hung out with you and then I come back to the hotel and he's asleep on the floor in front of the door. (laughs) For maybe the first time, <laughs> certainly not the last. And then he and then he wakes up. I don't know if you heard that episode, but I love the story. So I'm gonna say it again. And then he wakes up. He's like, "Dude, I had a nightmare." <laughs> I'm like, "Really? <laughs> yeah, dude, it was fucked up." I'm like, man, what happened? I had to pee so bad. And I was running around the hall and just my boxers and I couldn't get back in the room. Bro, that was real. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, yeah, that was Singapore. My other, the other story that I thought where you, I, because you told that story so many times about my genius idea. You were like, this was the best idea I've ever heard. <laughs> like, what did you guys do? Let me tell you Cole's idea. Like, I heard you t- tell that story to so many other people, which that was actually a thing I think you brought up w- when we were in, in like the 08 deployment or something, when we were still the foursome. And it was, when we get back to the ship, people are like, what did you guys do? <laughs> <laughs> 
you guys probably did something fun. I want the story. But the other one that I remember is I had a weird deal where I was like drinking, but I wouldn't necessarily get too drunk. And I, I would just feel weird. And when you only have like three days to drink and go hang out, you're not just going to like sit at the hotel and watch uh, <laughs> foreign language TV. Like you're going to go do something. And I, I remember you had had something where you didn't feel good. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that, that sounds again vaguely. Yeah, it sounds vaguely. And so right. you didn't, you didn't feel good. And I was like, dude, you got to come out. Like I've been doing it. You, you're, you're where I'm yeah. at right now. Just come on. Like you're gonna be fine. You're like, I'm not sure. I'm like, we're saying, Chris, get the fuck up. Like we're not letting you waste this night because, like, come on, man. You, you can do it. You'll be fine. You're like, okay, I'm gonna come out, but I'm only gonna come out for. Like two, I'm going to come out for a drink. I'm going to eat something if I can feel good enough. That's when we went to the F bar, walked in, took over that table because they kept like somebody was walking by with a tray of lemon drops. That's right. And then I'm pretty sure it was Stuart. Maybe Sieber was there too. I don't know. We've been to that night. I've definitely got a picture of us at that table. I'm, I, I can't 100% remember everyone off the top of my head. But, but I remember walking into there and somebody, we're sitting at this table, this table, we're looking for a place to sit. They're like, screw you, we don't have a spot. We're like, what about right here? They're, they come by and they say, you can't sit here. And somebody leaves. Somebody leaves to like go get somebody to try to make us leave. Somebody else walks by with a whole tray of lemon drops, right? <laughs> yep. And I think it was like Stuart was like, hey, we'll take those. They're like leaving the bar to go try to sell them. He's like, we'll take them. They're like, like they start handing him one. He's like the tray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then the manager comes back to probably say something to us. And I, my, my memory could be wrong, but I remember the manager kind of coming back or somebody coming back, like the complaints about you guys shouldn't be sitting at this reserve table. We're gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're just going to order lemon drops by the tray, by the tray you can yet. sit wherever you want. And it did not stop at that tray. I, I think I think it might have been even That's, as the manager came over, we were like, yeah, no, just bring us another tray. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I remember. I, I, okay, I, I remember now. Yeah, the, the series of events is definitely a little, <laughs> a little uh, jumbled in my head there. But that was what I do remember was... was you getting me up somewhere in there, I did manage to take like a little nap, but that nap was the only sleep in, in like almost literally a three day period. Oh, okay. I think it was like, like three hours of sleep in, in like 63 hours, like <laughs> to like total binge. Cause I remember that being like, uh, I mean, all of our, like certainly my, my, my personal own record for, <laughs> for, uh, no, no sleep port called binge yeah yeah and then um i remember getting back to the ship and uh having like the immediate watch and i was just like oh no (laughs) 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 this this could get really ugly and at one point i was I mean, because, you know, port call watches are are relatively chill, significantly more chill than a regular watch and i remember um i was i was um let's see it would have been p.e since we were shut down. Um, well, we wouldn't have been shut down. Uh, were we? Well, you don't shut down in a port call. 
Esteem. Whatever it was. It was uh it was propulsion elect no, I could have swore it was propulsion electrician. Anyway, whatever watch I was standing, uh it was in EOS, sort of like hanging out with the with the watch officer and uh everyone else. And as I'm standing there, the room just tilts about thirty degrees. <laughs> at least in my mind the room tilted 30 degrees like the ship was listing almost completely over and i was like i look around for a second i was just like i gotta go be somewhere else yeah (laughs) and uh took off back to switch gear where i could hang out safely (laughs) (laughs) those when you're but i was i was sleep deprived enough to begin hallucinating is is basically what (laughs) happened well that room is small and then it's painted white. That's the only time I got seasick was in that training room where it's small and painted white. So there's probably, there might be something to that. Yeah. But I, what I wanted to say too was that that time you were like, this is like, I remember going through that night and I had had a period of time where I was just not, like I said, I wasn't having the most fun, but we were, I was determined to have fun. Like at least I might not have it, but I'm going to try. <laughs> and then that was the night where you were, dude, this is the best night ever. This is the best night ever. I'm so glad we came. And we kept talking to each other like, I thank you for making me come. Thank you for coming. I didn't want to come in now. I think we, I, that was, I, I think that we, was my favorite night. I don't even remember what we did. I don't remember what happened other than doing shots at the bar. But we left that bar. Yeah. And we went all over the place and did all sorts of stuff. And it doesn't even matter. Yeah. There the was, whole thing was just <laughs> crazy fun. I don't even remember. I think it was more fun because we thought we weren't going to have fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I remember uh, like immediately after you convinced me to, to leave the hotel and get back out. Uh, a lot of the recovery had to do with vodka Red Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember at some point ending up back at that Hooters. I remember doing shots with one of the watch officers and with uh, our good buddy, Paul Chrisman. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yep. Paul. Love that guy. <laughs> Definitely. He was a guy that I was a big fan of. And he was a smart guy. And he knew his stuff pretty well. But he would not <laughs> like it when other people said stuff to him. <laughs> Here's why you're wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember not thinking that about him. Yeah. And then people would come up to me like, this, can you really deal with this guy? It's like, okay. He never acts that way toward me. Yeah, no, that was why I liked him so much. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I realized, well, I don't go up to him all the time saying dumb shit. Right. Like, if, if if Paul and I are having a talk and I say something to him, I probably know what I'm talking about. So he doesn't feel the need to be like, hey, idiot. <laughs> After that, I noticed that, oh, yeah, he does do that. But I, I think, too, for me, we all treated each other that way. He didn't stick out. Oh, yeah. To me, because he's doing what everybody else is doing. The difference is that he's doing that to you consistently, so I could see why you might pick up on it. (laughs) I think you had a video of him, which was my favorite. I, I laughed so hard. You were interviewing everybody on your video camera and talking and stuff, and you said something to him about uh so how does it feel to be the 
best at you made some like smart ass remark to him about hey you're kind of a dickhead and you know <laughs> condescending to everybody and how does it feel to be so condescending you know <laughs> and then he said well somebody's got to be better than everybody else <laughs> yes, yeah. we immediately did shots i'll drink to that yeah. that's that's the best answer i've ever heard Man, i've got to dig up i because i still have a lot of those old i still have a lot of those videos i know i specifically have one where i gave you the camera so that i could tell the story of your brilliant idea that oh vi- really that, yeah that video exists somewhere well that's what i was i told the story having not really watched the story from um the hong kong with with rupert and i was surprised that like you can see my story that i told them didn't 100 percent match the story that i had but it was like dadgum close (laughs) rupert oh man rupert not a piece of shit like you (laughs) (laughs) i went back so so i went i went back not not too long ago and and watched like a, a bunch of the old videos i have and I was amazed by how many times I would just scream at Rupert. Like he'd say he'd say something like totally harmless or inconsequential. Like, Shut the fuck up, Rupert! What are the fuck are you talking about? Like, and it, it was like over and over again through these videos. And I was like. And, and, <laughs> and that's now, just our and, thing. And now I'm just like, why was I such an asshole to Rupert? <laughs> like, he's never did anything deserving of any any form of that kind. That's of absolutely not true. So, <laughs> yeah, that's probably not true. <laughs> God, oh, I'm dying. Oh uh, yeah, so uh, so funny. So Rupert, yeah. And that would just be normal. <laughs> yeah. like, so I should scream an F bomb at somebody else. Yeah, normal normal yeah, conversation. Like, so what's for dinner? <laughs> oh god. Yeah, it, it was it surprised it surprised me just like it like in the in the process of watching these videos and reminiscing like wow, I do not remember Screaming specifically at Rupert that, <laughs> that every that, chance I got, yeah, every, every chance I got. Yeah, I, um, I was gonna say I remember going off about how like when was the last time that you just screamed at somebody? <laughs> you don't do that anymore. Yeah, no, like never. It's it's, not, it's, it's, not it's ex- been since December of two thousand and nine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and there are. I'm trying to tell these stories sometimes. I know my wit, whatever, is diminished. Like, I'm not nearly as funny as I used to be. I, I did the iron sharpens iron, man. We used yeah. to, like, hang out around around people. But, yeah, but, I, but people would come in and you'd be like, I'm bored. Like, they're asking me for checkouts. I remember one time, I don't know if I told this on the checkout one or not, but one time a guy came in, he asked me for checkouts, and I just started berating him. <laughs> I asked him like the hardest question you could ask somebody. And then he looked like a deer in a headlights. And I pretended it was the easiest question. I'm like, how fucking dare you? How dare you? Let me see your card. And I take his card and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, y- you said that you've done this and that. How can you not know this easy, easy thing? When you've had, let me see, because you got to, I'm going to scratch some stuff. 
Like, you, there's no, if you don't know that, then you shouldn't have this. And I'm like, this one right here, you shouldn't have it. You said you've talked about the condensate system. Pff, no, you haven't, because you would know this. Are you, how can you be so fucking stupid? Did you, your mom didn't raise you, right? Do you have a mom? Did she just leave you on the side of a road somewhere? Like, what the fuck? Were you a baby in a basket because somebody should have run it over or poked a hole in it if you're Moses? Like, get the fuck out of here with this. I just remember going off and off, just on and on and on the whole time. I blazed like a quarter of his card. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so he's like, so sorry. And I'm making sure that as I'm going off on him, and this was in central control. So there's a whole crowd of people who are just laughing at him. And I'm making sure to like, because you'd have to scratch it out and then sign your name. So I'm making sure to sign, you know, make this make a sideways motion. So to him, it looks like I'm scratching something and signing my name instead of just signing my name. And then I just took the card and I like literally threw it at him and you know, it's stapled together and all the pages flail out. I just throw it at him I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And I throw it and he looks down and then he's flipping through it and he sees how I just signed off 25% of his card without asking him any questions. <laughs> he just got the biggest smile on his face. <laughs> he was like, that went from the worst five or 10 minutes of my life to the best five or like, that's a funny joke, you know? And if you're used to coming up to some kid that you don't know, it was like, can I get some checkouts? And you're like, you're getting it now, son. All because I have nothing to do for the next five hours. <laughs> There's nothing you could have done differently that was going to change this for you. <laughs> that, that um, you know, I'm not, I'm not nearly that funny anymore or anything. No, it, not was, it was, it was, it was completely different times. Yeah, it's just like the the level of things that were just expected. Like I remember. Uh, like one of the things that you did not do on the ship was leave your alarm clock on when you weren't there. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that was that's like a horrible offense, and like almost <laughs> almost any retaliation is justified. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, at least in my mind. <laughs> and so, uh, so I, um, I, I like just gotten off of watch. I think it was during a port call too. I think it was during a port call duty day. And I just gotten off watch, and like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just about to finally fall asleep. And at the time, I, I had moved across to a top rack finally. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the the guy, whoever it was, probably one of the newer guys uh, who hop, who also happened to be lucky enough to grab a, a, a top rack, um, his alarm started going off, and just without any without any question or or, or thought about it in my mind at all, I, I reach up grabbed his alarm and just threw it as hard as I could at the wall and it explodes and you know, the pieces of it go everywhere and you were, you were like just getting out of the gym or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I would remember I was there <laughs> and you look over and you just like smile and nod like, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I was just standing there. There's like a main hall and on that main hall, you'd have like the edge, like an end cap of some racks and then, the, you know, the little cutouts and the way that the main hall went, you could hang a left and then it, you know, there was like, you know, a couple of U's back there or whatever it was. And that's where you kind of, your rack that you had moved to was up and then you hung a left and then it was a couple, couple racks deep. Right. And then mine was in the little U, but the end of my rack basically was pointing directly into your hall. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, right. a, so then 
you, I'm standing in my little six pack, you know, and it's a small area. I'm changing my clothes. I'm half in half out of the little you jacking around. I just, all of a sudden this, this plastic explodes by my head <laughs> yeah, and it shatters. Been, it could have been more than a few feet away from you. <laughs> and I look over, I'm like, what happened? And I realize, as looking at the piece, oh, this is somebody's alarm clock. <laughs> you know, oh, there's an alarm going off. It's not anymore. <laughs> I look over and I was like, yeah, I get it. It was, yeah, that was. That was really fun. Like normally, I I normally I in that situation I'd you know take their battery or something like that out of it. But I I don't know what it was. I was just in a particular and not going to deal with shit. That <laughs> it's like no, yeah. this this clock's gone. No, it was because it was a, the guy was a repeat offender. Now that I think okay. about it, it was not the first time his alarm clock fucked up my limited <laughs> yeah. sleep time. Yeah. No, that's that, and that was kind of the with with Brim. I think I gave when I was doing the shout outs and stuff, but I gave one to him, but it was about his shoes. It's like, okay, okay. you know what? And I had like Facebook message him or whatever, but like, dude, I just threw, I took one shoe. I threw it on one as far as it can go. And then I turned around the other direction and then threw that shoe. The uh, It had to take you 30 minutes at least to find your shoes. Like, you had to look all over the whole entire birthing to find your shoes, and you can't figure out that I don't want your shoes in my spot? <laughs> yeah, reserved for repeat offenders. And he was, and he's a friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, I can't really think of anything else. It's been like an hour and a half. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty solid. Uh, okay. there, there, are, there are so many stories, that, and, and a lot of them... Shouldn't be gone into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think we've done a good job. Yeah. Okay. No, that sounds good. All right. Well, I guess we'll grab lunch and I guess that's all. <laughs> ending. The last ending was a fake ending. I thought it would be the ending and it wasn't. So I got me good. A couple, I have some notes. Now I'm realizing I don't know what they mean. That's fantastic. One of them says, went to a different bar. Oh, I remember. Yes. After we went to the Gotham penthouse, I think Bauer said the name was, we came down. It was on the edge of Clarkey in that zone. We came down to the plus sign, hung a right, went into a bar. It was also dead. Nobody was anywhere. We did have some drinks. Some people got drinks. I don't, I don't remember. I remember being in this weird place and then coming back out, trying to keep an eye out for these people to see if we could see them or where they were going. We walked back down to where the other place was. Then we gathered in a circle trying to figure out what to do. The second reason, the main reason, totally bummed about, I actually thought of it when <laughs> when we started the podcast, I thought, make sure to ask him this, get him to tell this story because he knows it better than I do. I had a sheet of paper, I had a pencil, 
I decided not to write anything down because it would be distracting and I would be writing while he was talking. I wouldn't be talking. It's unfair of me to have a guest on, then not drive the conversation because I'm taking notes of thoughts in my mind. Ah, what a mistake. A great mistake. God, such a dad joke. No, we had, it was in, it was in Singapore. There was a ridiculous picture of somebody getting trapped in between the doors before you exited. They said something in French or whatever other languages they speak. I don't know the native language. Singapore. I, I don't know. <laughs> I can't even guess. That's kind of pathetic. Well, they had some other languages printed around giving you a warning like, don't get your head caught between the doors when they close. Stupid stuff like that. But it was something along the lines of something, something, Hurong de Platform. Something like that. And Chris started doing a house sort of, I don't know the name of the, I don't know the type of the music that they call it now. But McCoy would do a, a beatbox. Whatever it was, there was my crappy beatboxing. I can't even do like a boom. Boom, 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 he wrong the platform. he wrong the platform. And then we would all do these stupid, weird, like Devo dances and jump up and down. People would stare at us like we were idiots, having no idea what's going on. And I guess we didn't either. I wish I could have got him to tell that story while he was here. That was one of my favorite. <laughs> I really liked riding the mass transit and because we always had so much fun. It was because of dumb stuff like Dave Ganey posing everywhere and Evan and Chris making a stupid song out of freaking <laughs> the warning. Don't smash your face in the door when it closes. Those are the two topics that I wanted to, address as I was listening back through what we were talking about. And I guess that will be the actual ending of this episode. That is all. <laughs>